<laughs> we are getting started right now in, uh, in three, in two, and in one. And welcome, everybody. Pull, put, put your soda up in the air. Uh, make sure you drink enough, enough fiber so you have to wee how many times you plan on weeing during this framecast. I'm glad that I'm starting off the, the, the last framecast of the year talking about weeing. Thank you, Xandi. I appreciate it. <laughs> I No, I mean, if from, me, from you to me, it's my heartfelt contribution. What is this conversation? Why? I don't know. It is the best start of the entire year. It's indicative of this hour. Say no. How are you doing? How is things going with you today? And how do you enjoy confused, it? Confused and constipated because I don't have enough fiber in my soda. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Also, I look like a fucking vampire because, like, how not much of my face you can see. Speaking of someone who just looked like a vampire with all the fire effects going around him, Joey, how are you doing today? Hey, dude. <laughs> oh. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> You're how, a little delayed, how, how but we... I think that's on your end. That's all right. It It is, and I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get the stream pulled up. And my computer hates me. <laughs> it's fine. It's just for people that might be watching that maybe like, oh shit, is my um, is my computer is my computer out of sync? Is my thing? No, it's it's on us. But that's alright because we can hear you. We can see you. That's all good. So, but well, we can't feel you. Yeah, what we're gonna do about that? <laughs> well, ask for consent first. I was gonna say, you <laughs> be careful. So today we have Framecast sixty six, which is the last Framecast of twenty twenty, and because of that. Um, I wanted to do I wanted to do something special. We wanted to do something special, something called the the yearly Framecast show or something. I was like, let's give it a fun name. Let's look back at the year twenty twenty with with the boys with Sandy and Joey. Um, we have a couple of topics as well that we want to go through. Um, there's a lot of surprises uh, uh, throughout today, so I think I should start off uh, with the first one straight away. Uh, we are going to have an award ceremony at the end, um, which people might be included in <laughs> it will be fun we'll, we'll be looking back at the, at the the rest of the year 2020 um for the rest of it like i've been working on this until like the last minute so i i'm kind of free flowing it um what have i missed so far um oh shit we we haven't rolled the intro yet let me go and roll the intro we've been doing this for like a year and a half and what the hell what? What? <laughs> 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 oh, that is... Holy shit. Holy fucking shit. Oh my fucking god. So welcome everybody to the yearly Framecast <laughs> show. <laughs> Oh, that was, that was fucking glorious. Our anime is going to get so many seasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't uh, wait for the tournament arc. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be short, though. <laughs> <laughs> the tournament arc. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to have a tournament arc. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. What so is the What is our tournament arc? It's probably... I I was thinking view counts and being cheeky, but yeah. we could we could actually fight, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you say fight, I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna lie on someone and then like I'll take them out with me because I'm totally not getting up afterwards. <laughs> All right, so today, um, let me let me go for let me go for the things that we have um, because it's a bit of an unusual framecast, as you may have heard. Uh, this is the first time we're doing the yearly framecast thing, so I have. I have some idea, but I don't, at the same time, I don't have much of an idea. So normally what we do 
is uh, I'm all the way down to the document. I was like, why do we have questions at the end? Well, we're not at the end. Here we go. I'm at the top of the document. Um, we're going to have some introduction, which we already have done with the intro. Uh, we're going to talk about some games that we play. We're going to talk about the community comeback. And then we're going to have some topics, uh, including Cyberpunk 2077 that has been released, but uh, not entirely smoothly. Um, have you guys been enjoying Cyberpunk? I know, Joey, you've played it quite a bit on stream already. Um, yeah, we've just been taking our time with it. Um, so, so I, I, from what I understand, we're coming up to the end of the, uh, like the main quest line. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're, we're just kind of taking it slow, just enjoying the game and, um, laughing at all the bugs and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> uh, creating as much opportunity as we can to, to check out kind of the weird ways in which it can, it can kind of glitch out. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying it. It's, I've, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it, you know, again, it has been very buggy, but I don't think that has, for me, that hasn't like really detracted from how fun the game is or how kind of immersive the world is. Well, I guess, okay, that's not quite fair, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's great to hear. Um, Sandy, have you been, oh, actually you're taking a sip right now. That is actually custom of the Framecast. I'll ask you a question the moment you're taking a sip at the most inconvenient time. <laughs> <laughs> I do that to Drew so many times, right? I, it's a, it's a, it's a calling, and yeah. I, I am a professional. Yeah. Um, I haven't played Cyberpunk at all. I've been too busy drinking this, uh, soda that has thirty six percent of your daily fiber in it. So I, I thought it was important to inform everyone that I'm gonna have to pee like, a minimum of fifteen times during the framecast today. Um, mm -hmm. Can we get, can we get a counter going? Sorry. <laughs> Can we get a P counter? <laughs> yeah, we should get a P counter, guys. Keep on. Keep oh my god! Chat, many... chat, it's Chat's job. P counter. How many? How many PPs have we had this counter? Oh Zero. Whenever you see me get up and go to the bathroom at some <laughs> impromptu moment, P counter. Yeah, be on This is a blackberry but... vanilla flavor. Mm -hmm. For your information, um, I'm mm -hmm. sure you care deeply about that, considering the context I've just given you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. So yeah, man, I've been playing uh, Warframe and Hades and Genshin Impact. Ooh. You asked me what I've been playing, right? Yeah. And then I told you I was going to go pee fifteen times. So yeah, yeah th that's what I've been playing. <laughs> you're you're more important than I am when I'm being asked questions. So I really appreciate that, especially towards the end of the year coming around. Um, actually, like Genshin Impact, like uh, what are you up to right now? Because like I know I've, I know I've, I feel a lot of people have moved away from Genshin. I'm still playing it. I, I still think it's kind of fun. But what are you up to right now? Because I'm essentially ranked like 34 or something. I'm just doing mostly dailies and stuff and just the event quest recently, but not much more than that. Um, I'm adventure rank 48. Uh, I have done almost every single quest in the entire game. For I did all the Mondstadt quests and I have two more Liyue quests. Uh, and then I, I don't, I think that's it for like the game's coded content. There are a few more world puzzles I haven't done. Um, but I, I wanted to get through all of that because I, I want to get to focus on Dragon Spine. I think it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I, I haven't really gotten into the artifact RNG grind yet that much. Uh, so I'm enjoying it a lot. I have every four star character except Razor. So I have tons Ooh. of characters to build out. And I'm at the part of the game where you get to actually use them because you have enough resources to level up other characters a significant amount. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, the team building has 
continued to not disappoint. It is a very, very fun game to make builds for. I also like how penetrable it is. People ask you what your build for a character is, and it takes like two seconds to explain what it is because there isn't like a ton of oblique things, and yet the builds are actually depthy and interesting and fun to mm-hmm. talk about. I, I mean, I think they are. Um, so yeah, I've been having fun with it. I, I don't like streaming it. OBS won't detect it as a game, so wow. I can't get it to properly anyway. But besides that, that's like my only complaint. Uh, it's it's good. I uh, the developers are doing fine too. They not perfect, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy overall. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun. Uh, I do you know play it like dailies, and then I play a little more, and then jump off. But I don't have that much time right now, so it fits pretty well. Yeah, yeah. No, I I find it too. I like when I started out, like I f- was falling behind on the venture rank quite a bit, and then I decided to do my dailies, and because of that, I could keep up with the venture rank and keep on doing the quests, and that keeps it interesting for me. The moment there's, like, the quests are all gone, and I wasn't really into, like, the the, the daily, like, activities you can do, um, then, like, it gets a bit, a bit stale. Um, oh, no, I still enjoy it. Drew, are you still playing uh, Genshin right now, or have you kind of... No, I, I, I... In all honesty, um, I kind of lost interest, uh, mostly because the, the co-op side of things doesn't really exist as of yet mm-hmm. um i mean when when they bring more into it then i'll probably go back to it and things um but i've i've just been playing you know cyberpunk when i can and world of warcraft mm-hmm. i am um... the thing with cyberpunk is I don't know whether we are ready to go <laughs> kind of into it. Um, so there are some topics that we can get back to. There are some comments we can get back to. But I think that we might want to jump into Cyberpunk first, given that there is a lot to talk about with that. And uh, a lot of the comments are from like last week sort of thing. So it would be something that Xena and I would have context with. Um, and I think with Cyberpunk, it was something that last week Drew and I spoke about where it's like there was so much hype and anticipation. And how could this go wrong? Or how could this not go wrong? Because there was so much hype and anticipation. Um, and then I downloaded on PC and it wouldn't start on my PC and I downloaded an Xbox and it runs on Xbox, but only just. <laughs> so of your performance, um, or like your cyberpunk experience, I, let's not get too much into the spoiler territory because there's probably going to be still people that want to play it and don't know about it. But, um, given that Joey is almost towards the end of the story content, how has your like early and like this week's experience been with cyberpunk? So, um, again, I've, I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. I think one, one important thing to bring up uh, that, that anytime somebody asks me about bugs is that different people have different, like, bug tolerance. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have the ability to, like, laugh at a, at a visual bug. For them, it, it, like, it breaks immersion and they can't do that. And it's just like, okay, well, I, this is just not the game I wanted. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think that like no matter how hyped a game is, I think it's really unrealistic to expect a game, any any game to release these days without day one bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think performance wise, it's it's as soon as you start to play it, it's it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of improvement that they can do. Um, and they've they've said that they're going to be they've they've got eyes on on making those improvements, on trying to like optimize it. Um, uh, there's the whole like debacle with uh, with like next gen consoles and everything. Um, but I mean, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said any of those bugs ruined the game for me. I have had a couple that have, have been like, I've had to like reload my last save because it's, I was stuck in like scanning mode or whatever. Um, 
But gameplay wise, it's super mm-hmm. fun. It's super duper fun. It's it's really um, for me. It, it has a lot of the same vibe as like Watch Dogs, where like everybody everybody that you pass by, they give you like a little bit of information about them. Like this person is vegan, or this person failed to make their child support payments, or yeah, like some some little piece of information that like kind of tells a small story about that person. And that story, so those stories are available for everybody in the city that you're in, and cyberpunk gives me a lot of that same vibe it's it's like you pass by somebody and they say something and you're like okay there's there's a story there that's that's kind of interesting like i wonder what they're talking about um and that's something that's that's a big part of cyberpunk that i get a lot of fun out of and it's i don't know i haven't i haven't encountered any bugs like relevant to that so i don't know but i've been having a lot of fun with it it's a lot of fun game gameplay is a lot of fun combat's a lot of fun um stories really is really cool it's really interesting the characters are um have varying degrees of depth <laughs> um but yeah I've, I've been having a lot of fun i'm glad like well, one thing which i think is really cool to hear from you is the link you lay you you put between uh it and watchdogs like i really enjoyed watchdogs even though people historically upset that like it wasn't a great game or something because it didn't live up to expectation but i really enjoyed that game and i opened up this game and i was like this is, I see things from Watch Dogs, which I really liked, especially what you say, the little details, the hacking elements. Um, I quite enjoy that. Um, Drew, how far have you gone in Cyberpunk? Um, I can tell you I am, oh God, 32 hours of gameplay experience. Um, I haven't just focused on like the, the main core narrative. I have just gone off and done side things um and it does feel that every quest that you're doing every like little bit of story it does feel like it's had the same level of attention to detail that the the main single player campaign um has had so you you really can't distinguish the difference between oh this is a side quest and this is the main plot because you're you're still going out you're experiencing locations that you would never see in the the main campaign at all i love the fact that you're doing side campaigns and things you rarely go to the same place twice which mm-hmm. is absolutely phenomenal um yeah it's a little immersion breaking when you when when you're um you're driving somewhere and then all of a sudden your motorbike just starts to clip into the ground a little and you're juddering around and you don't know why the fuck this is happening and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> back to normal um and likewise there, there are some bugs that i know joey and i have both had um where you know people are walking around with guns in their heads um but like it is super immersive and even though a little immersion breaking nothing i have never experienced any of the problems that some players have had where they're, they're flying through the sky or you know their car has just suddenly fallen through the floor never had any of that okay well okay, i have, I have had, you have had that one where like you're you're standing on a surface and then suddenly you fall to the surface below it i have had <laughs> <laughs> um but again, it's it's not it's 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 easy to laugh at. I feel that's right. just me. All right. So um, I've not gotten very far in the story. Uh, I've only done about an hour or unchanged on the, the gameplay for recording, and then afterwards it was like very busy. So I haven't been able to get back into that. 
And I also feel that given that it's only out for a week, uh, let's not focus in this framecast a lot on the story so that people can enjoy the story as they may please because it's only been a week. And given that Sandy also um, like hasn't played it yet, uh, I think it would be uh, not wise for us to continue on the story element of it. However, let's focus on a bit of the topic about the, a bit of what has been going on around this game's release, which was like a very hyped up release. I think for me personally, this has been, as far as I can remember, the most hyped game across the board sort of thing where I can't remember within such a large community, also within such a large mainstream space where people were looking forward so much to a game because so many people knew about Cyberpunk. Now, that might just be because I'm part of certain communities that happen to just, like, all be very focused around Cyberpunk, given that, I mean, Warframe community people seem to really enjoy cyberpunk as well um but i feel it's also been leaked more and more with other channels like there are so many channels i don't know if you guys uh, saw that on youtube i don't know how much youtube you watch but i saw so many channels which never did gameplay all of a sudden do cyberpunk gameplay videos or was i the only one that saw that <laughs> i mean I, I saw i had i had poods pop up in my recommended once that was like only only storyline no fun here <laughs> Uh, that was that was I think the mm. only thing on YouTube that I like. No, I uh, I ha I had one Cyberpunk. tech channel and one uh, podcast channel. Who all of a sudden started doing Cyberpunk gameplay videos, and I was, what, <laughs> what is this? But that just shows to me like how big the scale is. So let's go over here. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven releases too. A lot of bugs and glitches, especially on older platforms. So last week, Cyberpunk 2077 released after a long wait. However, it hasn't been all smooth. Most notably, there have been many performance issues, especially with current or last gen, the way you want to call it, the consoles, the Xbox One and the PS4 and older PCs. Um, I've not been able to run uh, the thing. I've not been able to run Cyberpunk on my PC. Like, I got the flatline thing. Uh, I haven't tried in the last couple of days, but um, that was quite surprising to me. Uh, the graphics on these machines look far from what was initially seen in trailers. Um, CD Projekt Red has also said that they apologize for not showing last-gen footage in trailers before. And people have been, been experiencing game-breaking glitches uh, as well. As a response, Cyberpunk has now apologized uh, for not showing the last-gen footage. They do offer a 30-day refund window for people that have bought it on the last-gen consoles if they're not if they're not uh, satisfied with, with their purchase. And also, a I think an investor meeting or something just leaked where uh, they promised to fix uh, all these issues within the next couple of months, regardless of the cost. So, so um, yeah, go ahead. I, I wanna I wanna jump on this. So mm -hmm. the it, I don't. So there's a bit of a problem with the the 30-day refund thing. It's also subject to where you bought it from. Um, and, for example, um, the retail shop in the UK called Game, uh, they are not taking back any copies of the game unless it has not been opened, right? Which is I'm pretty sure breaking um, trading practices laws in the UK. Additionally, um, PS4 and Xbox One, um, you know, CD Projekt Red promised, oh yeah, we'll give you refunds and things, but you have to go through your normal channel unless you have problems. But um, Sony and Microsoft are uh, especially Sony, uh, like refusing to give refunds. There are the odd case where, yes, they're able to give a refund. Uh, they have graciously given refunds, 
but a lot of them are standing by like, you know, this is our returns policy. We're not allowing you to get a refund, even though the game has come out in the state. Um, and apparently there was supposed to be, um, God, what's the, um, there's supposed to be a special exemptions for uh, Cyberpunk where CD Projekt Red spoke to the spokespeople at um, or liaisons with Microsoft and Sony to say, yes, when it comes to Cyberpunk, extend the, um, the, the returns policy. Don't consider you know, the, your normal restrictions. And that hasn't actually happened. And CD Projekt Red are the ones that are getting the flack for it, even though they they can't control what Sony and Microsoft and retail stores do. That is rather unfortunate, actually, um, especially when they've spoken to these people and it's it's not happening. And it's not a great situation for both the customer and for CD Projekt Red. Uh, I remember last stream where I was saying, I'm not going to pre-order this because the last pre-orders I've done all released as buggy, messy, things being Anthem and Andromeda, uh, that you, both Joey and um, Drew, re like pre-order the Cyberpunk, or did you buy it on the day itself? Cards on the uh, table. Zeno bought the game for me. I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of did. Uh, but it, I, I think I... Um, I think I got Joey's like two days before it was due out and mine was like the day before it was due out just okay. so I could preload it. Is it something like, I mean, you've both said that the bug experience wasn't game breaking. Is it so far so, 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 so purchase where you're happy with? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, I've not experienced anything in Cyberpunk 2077 that has made me just rage quit the game entirely. Like, I'm still playing it. I'm still getting weird shit where, like, ah, oh, I'll summon my bike. Car goes flying because, <laughs> like, my bike spawned <laughs> underneath the car. But, you know, nothing nothing has. But to, to extend that question further, sorry, uh, Joe, but um, Zandy, have you seen anything that has deterred you from considering buying it yes um i i fully intend to not even touch the game for as long as possible hopefully a year or more because even though i i think that i would probably feel the same way you both have been saying where you know the bugs are not going to ruin my experience of the game the way that i feel about it is that like i i have other not that you don't but i have other games i will enjoy playing in the meantime it's not like i i there's nothing i would like to play besides it and so i i view playing it early as kind of permanently ruining or damaging my experience of it and i want like the one first time that i can never get back to that i play it to be like the most perfect version of the experience that i can get and so obviously, like, I don't want to wait an unreasonable amount of time. Like, I'm not going to wait like a decade. And I'm sure it would be better than if I waited a year in some way. But that's, you know, it's silly. So obviously with some min-maxing. Uh, but I do, I, I personally really don't like playing things when they first come out. Uh, and the few times I do, I've paid for it. Uh, a simple example is that in Genshin Impact... I, I played it when it launched and it didn't have key binding support. It had no key binding support. You just couldn't do key bindings, which is preposterous. For yeah. like six weeks, I want to say six weeks on controller or PC. That was a huge pain 
uh, the B and the A buttons were reversed because they are in China, as I understand. And that's fine, but you couldn't just swap them, which is very stupid. <laughs> and normally I would want to just wait, but I decided not to. And as much as I've enjoyed my time with that game, I regret it. I wish that I'd had the experience in all its glory without having a, a I'm going to say a lesser version of it. Um, and so I agree with like Joey, you said earlier about how you feel like none of it really, there are some people where it just immediately breaks their immersion. That's, there's nothing you can do. And I'm not really one of those people. Like I can kind of laugh at like, there's this ridiculous thing happening, but I'm curious if you like, I still feel like I would still rather it wasn't that way. I would still enjoy it more if that wasn't there. And I really want that version of the experience, especially for a game that looks as mind blowing as this game does to just to look at. Uh, I, I want it to hold, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that's how I feel. Um, uh, I, 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 I see someone in chat that. saying, always pre-order if you know you're going to enjoy the game no matter what. And that's just like not a real thing, I don't feel. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> no. that, that doesn't exist. Like, yeah. you, that's not, that is a non-existent concept. Like, you, <laughs> there's no such thing as enjoying the game no matter what. Like, trust me, they can mess it up for you. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm like the the anti-pre-order. Like, d don't, don't even play it when it comes out. <laughs> like, don't even buy it when yeah. it's released. Um, but, uh, I mean, Genshin Impact was free, so that's also a little different. But anyway, I hope that makes sense. I'd also say that for 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 most consumers, for like your, the general consumer, um, you lose nothing by waiting. You you lose mm -hmm. absolutely you, you you generally you stand more to gain by waiting than you do by like jumping in on it first thing. the 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 main reason why you would want to jump in on it first thing is like if you want to participate in kind of the culture that's building around it. Yes. Um, I, I do disagree with that um, because I know, like I used to know so many people that they had to watch Game of Thrones, the, the sort of like the second it aired because they didn't want to get the spoilers that were all over the internet, right? I'm pretty sure that there are people out there that, um, like myself, I want to experience the narrative firsthand. If I find out what the ending is, like before I'm able to complete the narrative, I'm just going to be like, well, fuck. Um, so I do feel that there is kind of some, at least for me personally, and maybe for others, that there is importance to be there on the front line to make sure that no one else can spoil it for me. That's fair. I, I honestly, yeah, spoil, I didn't spoilers that. are good. That's a good point. Yeah, I like, I feel for me, a lot of times, because I tie games very closely to YouTube and Twitch, it's right now, when the game comes out, the game is relevant sort of thing. So I was very aware. I'm, I don't pre-order. The last pre-orders that I've done were Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda. And then I was just, no, never again. Uh, you can always buy it when it's out. Uh, and I don't need that 15 minutes faster or something that it takes me to like buy it if I need to. But because of that, because of the way that I tie it into the relevancy sort of thing, uh, it's going to be a good experience for me, whether it's good or bad sort of thing, because if the game is really buggy and really game-breaking, it also makes for interesting videos or streams where it's, hey, look at this. The game that was supposed to be looking really good is actually really, really bad. It That doesn't mean that I will get the same amount of enjoyment out of it. Uh, I do have to say that the game definitely doesn't look the part on an Xbox One S, where I have seen... 
Xbox One S games or previous games, which looked way better, where I am really surprised that these 4K machines, which are the, 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 the current gen consoles or last gen consoles, have such a hard time keeping up. It's just as, I mean, my computer apparently flatlines every time I open um, the game up. So I find that really curious why this game looks so different when it comes to average modern-day hardware. Well, I, I will say one thing that, I mean, take this take this mm-hmm. for what it's worth, kind of, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, one of the things that I've heard a lot of people touting about Cyberpunk 2077 is that they built it for future hardware, uh, that it's, it's, it's meant to look better as hardware gets better to keep up with it. Now, again, take that for with mm-hmm. a grain of salt. That's just kind of just some marketing, uh, some, some, <laughs> some marketing verbiage there, but that's, uh, that's one thing they've been saying. So I, I think it's important to keep that in mind, whether or not you think it's, accurate <laughs> i've i've heard that argument too a lot even even though people on the on the contrary say that well it was mostly in development during the the ps4 and xbox one era so it's curious that there are issues with that especially also with the current stock issues that i think the ray tracing only works on the highest end um ray tracing cards so 3080 3090 that's, that's not true that's not true not true oh not true wrong so, how is it? How has it been for Mister? I built my entire PC for this one game. Um, how is it looking on your machine? Um, purpose built. <laughs> so I I don't know if it's like the, specifically the monitor I'm on because obviously uh, I, I I'm currently back home at my folks and things, but um, I will say that the contrast in the lighting isn't as good as some of the like the demoed reels and things that I think is what you really need the the nine uh, sorry the thirty ninety four um, however the the texture mapping the the ray tracing on the environment stuff it all looks pretty damn top notch right mm-hmm. um, you know like the number of times I hit a, a door which is like a a, a glass door. And it's actually re- reflecting what's behind me. I can't, you can't see yourself in the reflections, unfortunately. But the number of times I'm like, "Aha! There's a thing over there," and you open the door, it's like, "Nope! I was looking behind me. Never mind. Sorry, my <laughs> bad. I'm good. I'm good." You know. Um, so the ray tracing, it's fine with like the 20 generation graphics cards. So it's it's not as you don't need the previous graphics card ever to play this game. So. <laughs> Uh, Asymptomatic says, I am idly wondering if an early access tag would change some perception of 2077. Uh, do you for, do, do you guys think, number one, that that would? And number two, that they, even if that would change the perception, whether that could have, whether people would have accepted that if instead of it really releasing right now as release, it would have released as 2077 early access after all delays. Um, Who wants to take that tough first? question. <laughs> well, no, I was just gonna say okay. I when at first I was gonna say that I thought you know you we were saying oh well what if it what if they released it uh, as an early access game and I was thinking oh well early access would be really validated maybe by this big release having that tag and then the way you worded it Michelle you said like after all this time waiting, they release it and say early access. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. 
Um, I yeah, maybe that's a bad idea. I um, I do I do still think though uh, that it would be it would have uh, industry implications. But I I'm not sure. Uh, you're talking about just how it would affect this game. I I don't know. I it would mean something to me. Um, something that I I've had a little bit of trouble with with games lately is. Uh, because so many games now are trying to do the game as a service thing, a lot of the time when a game releases, you it sort of begs the question, is there going to be more content? Are there going to be more updates or no? And it's fine if there aren't. It just, uh, you know, Hades, I don't think is going to get more updates. And that's fine. It's complete. There's That's fine. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious. You know what I mean? Like, I care if there are more updates. Uh, I would buy them. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, yeah, I don't know. So that that's a thought as well. Um, Cyberpunk, as I understand it, probably will have DLC, uh, kind of like Witcher-esque DLC. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's that's my thought. I think that uh, one thing which you mentioned, that's also why I mentioned like after all delays, because what you said about the early access tag, like if... I think if this game came out and it was early access, everyone would be like, oh my God, this is great. Because then people, I feel then people would just look at what do we have? What's the story like? What is this game going for? And ones, uh, and the bugs are just part of early access. Uh, however, if it would have released on early access, there is this history of it being in the works for so long and being delayed so many times that I really wondered like, it sounds like such a good idea if it would have come out and just said Cyberpunk 2070 early access. But then <laughs> I just can't imagine the reaction if on December 9th they just said, oh yeah, tomorrow it's not going to be the official word. It's just going to be early access. I think people just like would have also flipped their shit. So. I don't know. Like, I mean, isn't Warframe still in beta? Like, you know, I, okay, out of interest, which one of you bet someone was going to bring... Yeah, someone's going to bring this up. Yeah, okay. But, like, <laughs> does it really fucking matter? Like, does it matter if it's in beta? Does it matter if it's early access? Like, I, I even if it had the early access tag, I still think there'd be plenty of people flipping their shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if but- it was... If it was for fifteen dollars, I paid fifteen dollars for this buggy piece of shit. You know, it's gonna. The, the, a lot of the what's happening right now is sensationalism, where people are the, people are realizing that there's so much hate for this game. People love to hate things, and you know, content creators are living off of this. I saw a video earlier today because I wanted to make sure that I thought this was going to come up. Um, I saw an idiot, a video from Angry Joe earlier, and he's highlighting all these problems, right? There was not two videos from the same one person, right? So, like, these these bugs that people are experiencing, they're rare. They're mm-hmm. not commonplace. But the problem is that so many people are being vocal about it. It feels like you walk down the street, the game implodes on itself, right? It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna quickly say I think the 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 Warframe and beta thing, I mean, they're taking the piss out of that title. Like Warframe isn't in beta. Yeah. That's that's bullshit. <laughs> that's not yeah. I, that's I, that that is the exception and it should just be discarded. They it doesn't mean anything. Warframe could call itself anything and it's just irrelevant. Uh, but I think what you said about the money is super relevant. Uh and it's it's that like people paid for it, you know, so at the end of the day, it's early access is early access. But uh, but people paid money, and so they mm. they want something for that amount of money. Early access is still a product, 
uh, yeah. if, you, if you pay for it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also wanted to corroborate what you said that uh, a lot of people's perception uh, is going to at base be that the game is really, really buggy because that's been, when I say it's been my perception, I know better than to think that's actually how the game is just because that's how it appears. But it's understandable that a lot of people don't know better than to think that. And it's definitely been my my input looking at the inner like I've watched a few reviews of this game. I was lurking while Joey was playing this game on a stream. So of course my you know I've seen gameplay of it, but I haven't played it myself. And indeed, if I didn't filter my thoughts about the game, I would think it looks like a buggy mess. <laughs> like it looks really bad, uh, but it uh, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it's not that bad. Uh, they're mm -hmm. showing you the clips of when it bugs out. That's not all of the game that's I've, I've hardly even seen any gameplay that didn't showcase a bug so i'm sure there is <laughs> uh gameplay like that i just haven't people aren't showing me it you know i mean joey is I, but, um anyway uh so I, I totally a thing that has happened to me is you know i uh i my base perception from the internet as someone who hasn't played this game is that it is an unplayable mess <laughs> yeah uh, but i'm sure it isn't actually like that no I think it also, uh, that also adds to when I started the game, it was one or two days after, I think one day after, maybe two days after. And I like I heard before that there were going to be bugs and on consoles, it wasn't going to look good. And so I go into the game with this perception or this idea where I'm like, where I'm, let's go take a look at how this works and see if there are, even if you're not consciously like really focused on finding bugs, you will be more focused on it. If you have this idea put in your head where it's a buggy mess rather than, Oh, it's a perfectly brand new spanking game and it's running fairly smooth. And then if you run into a bug, it's like, wow, that is, I did not expect that. Well, that could just be a bug. And now every single bug that pops up is, Oh, that is confirmation that um, they were right. And I think that that is something which, uh, especially with people jumping on, like, um, what, what do you say, Drew? Where it's, if there is no two clips from the same person, how common even is it? Yes, I did say that. Yeah, so that's that's, that's why I'm affirming. How common <laughs> even are these bugs? <laughs> no, I mean, don't get me wrong. But the, the bugs, there are bugs. Like, mm -hmm. the only bug I've had happen twice was I summoned my bike and it spawned underneath a car, causing a car to go flying up in the air, right? And then just crash next to me. Like that that's the only bug I have ever had twice, right? But at no point in time has the game actually crashed out on me, right? Mm -hmm. No time I was like, oh, I'm driving a lot. Oh, no, the game has crashed. Oh, no. You know, it's... But don't get me wrong. I get it that people want to... Um... They, they want to have a flawless, perfect AAA experience. But look at, look at Anthem. You know, look, look at how Anthem was a train wreck. And, like, Anthem didn't get nearly as much shit for what it was than... At least I don't think it did. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. Well, but, it, it did for, to some degree because it was six years in the making as well, or they said it was. Uh, and... But I do think that one of the things that Anthem had going for it that was that it was started up as a live service. And I do wonder, in this age of updates, we have this great availability to us where 
developers can update their game and improve their game even after we have bought it. Where a couple of like decennia ago, you could not because you got the you got the cartridge and that was the game. And if the game was they couldn't update it. So now we have this added functionality which allows different things, better things. But at the same time, it also allows people to say, hey, I bought this game for 60 bucks and it has some issues, but it's fine because they'll fix it later. Whereas if you were to buy a game back in the day for 60 bucks and it wasn't fine, you'd be like, what is going on here? Because that's yeah. the product. So when it comes to a single player game, uh, I, I can understand there might be a difference in reaction to first a live service and a single player game. Is that valid or not? I think that's that's just a sign of the of the industry. That's just that's just a, a, a byproduct of innovations in mm -hmm. the industry. Not necessarily innovations with regard to the technology, but just innovations with with. I mean, well, sure, yeah, with the technology too. Like, I mean, the it, it wasn't you know if if you went out and bought a copy of like Abe's Oddworld or something, like there was no way that 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 game could be patched. Mm -hmm. um, and now, like the uh, like, I mean, it's it's just it's just a sign of the times. Companies have realized that like, hey, we can spend way less time in development and like way less time like uh, <laughs> checking for bugs and stuff before release, um, which means that we can we can operate on stricter timelines and that we can I mean you know we can afford to get away with putting less money in something before release and then we can just release it, see what needs to be fixed, and then just focus our attention on that um so i mean it's just I, like i said it's, it's just a it, it it's a byproduct of the industry it's 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 sign of, of 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 the times i guess um even on even on like single player games like this um but i i feel like the the problem for me and the, the way you said it slightly changed my mind just now where i i was going to say before you said what you just said that I feel like the problem is that the industry shifted in a direction where they're kind of taking the piss out of it a little. And it used to be that we'd get a game and then they would improve it afterward. But now, or maybe that's rose-tinted glasses, but it's a thing that could have happened. <laughs> I don't know if it actually did. Uh, but now what happens is they simply don't finish the game and then it is finished after it's put out. Uh, and I feel like that is the, the... I had felt like the sort of gray area is whether you genuinely put a thing out and say, if this was all we ever did, if this was in the game cartridge and we can't change it, is this complete and then we're improving it? Or did we not finish it and we're still asking you to buy it and just take it on faith that we'll finish it? I uh, think I think that's I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. And I think it's the the answer to that comes from the consumers. It comes from whether or not people are savvy enough to realize, hey, is this game complete? Or is and and like awaiting improvement, or is this game unfinished and awaiting like some some kind of like, you know, it, a, a, so, awaiting its, its completion? No, I, and so exactly what you just said made me think about Michelle's uh, Anthem example, where I think it it was that Anthem was like declared to be a live service game from the start, but the other thing is that I I think the consumer was a degree more savvy about that one. Uh, it was a game that the writing was a little more on the wall that like, does it take ro a rocket scientist to predict that this might be a bit shaky? Uh, no, I think that it, it was much more predictable that uh, this game is going to be up in the air. It, we don't know whether it's going to turn out well or really bad. <laughs> there were yeah. uh, the signs were there, uh, whereas well, CD Projekt Red is the golden boy of the industry. <laughs> and I think a lot less people are expecting things to go badly when it's coming from that developer than from Anthem's situation. I think that affects it as well. Um, and when you say like, are the consumers savvy enough to know? 
I think the answer is a resounding no, but it's still a spectrum, you know? And I think that Anthem is a game that benefited from the live service thing, but also had a, a degree, a little more consumer awareness that maybe this would be a little dicier. I'll, I, I'll be honest, reading some of the, reading a couple of the reviews and some of the Reddit posts and stuff, uh, like I'm legitimately surprised at how many people expected a bug-free experience on day one. I'm legitimately like, surprised. One thing I want to jump on is I, I really feel that your, your, Sandy, your comment about um, people being more savvy with um, Anthem. Um, honestly, I feel it's more, people are more savvy with the likes of EA right um again as you know going back to the the usual pointing a finger thing um look at warcraft through your forged right warcraft through your forged was highlighted um is is what 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 joey no it just just i you, you said the word and and flashbacks i'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> fair point right but the whole point was it was advertised to be this amazing product back in 2018 and then uh, when we finally got it it was just nothing more than a reskin that you had to pay top dollar to get and like this is not what you advertised us to get and then so it, again a similar um thing to cd project red but Blizzard were flat out refusing to give refunds. They said, no, it's not within our policy to give refunds and things. Yeah, but you trade within this law, this region. You know, you have to, by law, give us a refund. Um, and it was only when um, shit had hit the fan so badly that they basically had to give out refunds. Whereas with CD Projekt Red, they seem to have like, yeah, we know we fucked up. If you want a refund, here it is. But we're asking you to to be a bit patient. I wonder if that's. Um, I mean, I, I I do believe that there is a moral difference between these companies, probably most likely. Uh, but I also wonder whether that's not also not like good PR sort of thing because uh, at the same time, right now. A lot of the news is all about, oh, yeah, bugs and crashes, and they did not show beforehand the last gen, the last gen looks horrible, and everyone that has the last gen, which is pretty much 90%, of, I mean, like, it's a random statistic that I'm throwing around, but I believe a majority of the people will be playing this on last gen consoles because any new hardware is almost impossible to get, so... I think it's a very exclusive group of people that have the new generation of consoles, and the majority of people are still on last gen. If the idea among consumers is generally, or the general idea is, oh, this game is horrible in last gen and they, they lied about it, then that doesn't really sell very well. Uh, whereas if they can turn around the story where it's, yeah, we're sorry, well, we apologize that we didn't show it, we're going to improve it very hard, and if you don't like it, you can get a 30-day uh, money back. You can return your, uh, you, you can do returns. Then that being something which in the news is obviously going to be contrasted against something like Blizzard, which didn't want to take refunds, uh, is also going to be a story which might even, because of the way that they do it, stand out over, instead of this story just being, oh, it's a buggy and glitchy mess on last-gen consoles, it becomes, oh, it's a buggy and glitchy mess on consoles, but they're fixing it with no matter the cost, and if you don't like it, I can get a refund. I think that that might also play a part. Here's, here's a conspiracy theory for the three of you, right? Ooh. Um, given that um, the, the, the phrase... Uh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission is quite commonplace in a lot of um, 
capitalist ventures, whatever, whatever. The fact that um, CD Projekt Red knew what platforms they were selling the game through, they knew what return policies existed on those platforms. Could this have been a, uh, a ploy to force people, so devil's advocate, a ploy to force people to invest in a faulty product to then finish it later or not finish it at all? So, yeah, I was, Zeno, I, we exact same thing. So I was about to mention that uh, I think my conspiracy theory for the industry at the moment is that uh, I would use Genshin Impact as an example. Uh, games are developed sometimes in such a way where it feels eerily as though the game intentionally puts things in they know the consumer will push back against. And there's kind of a dual strategy where they they intend to capitalize on the relatively good marketing and PR of responding to those complaints. So in other words, they're, they know that there are things in the game the player will complain about, and they're, they've been prepared from the start to do something about them. And they want the PR of, you know, having listened to the players and corrected that thing. People will find problems anywhere. And so I bet the developer sleeps better at night by rationalizing it as though, well, they would just complain about something good if we didn't put something bad in. So we'll we'll put something bad in. And then the other half of the strategy is that you get to kind of see how far you have to make the thing better. So in Genshin Impact, these are monetization strategies. How How consumer friendly do we have to make it before people will be happy enough that we don't need to do more? And it feels it feels like a deliberate thing. It feels like the game is designed to accommodate those changes, uh, so that when the consumer complains, they can cash in on listening, and when the consumer continues to complain, they can use statistics to decide if they need to keep making it a little bit better. You know, beyond a certain point. So, Zeno, I I'm totally on board with you. I unfortunately I don't think this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is a thing that happens, but I understand it sounds. A little cloak and dagger to some people but no i i'm i think i think you guys hit the nail right on the head pixel pixel in, in chat said uh, an intentional criticism lightning rod to ensure you know where uh where it'll strike and can ground it quickly i think i think that's that's spot on um i will say i think it's i think it's let's 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 make a deal with each other right now the, the, the three of us and also everybody mm. in chat, uh, let's make it more profitable for devs to release complete games than it is for them to release incomplete games and then complete them later. So like, what would that would take? strategy? I, 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 think, I think what it would take is maybe waiting at least a couple of days to half a week before refuse to get up. Just like when you buy a new hardware, computer hardware, a lot of times people wait for the refuse to come out before they buy. I'd also know there, there's people that pre-order. But for example, one of the things which uh, a female posted in chat was Ghost of Shima, which is a game which I played, which I think is an absolutely amazing game. I don't know if any of you have played it. No. I don't think so. Okay, so it is a really amazing, uh, uh, kind of like Assassin's Creed, but better than the last two Assassin's Creeds. It's set in Japan, and the story is really great. The open world is fantastic. Like The game design is amazing, and it's just been a very solid game from day one. And then a couple months later, they came in with a free add-in update, which was a multiplayer mode, which is a four-player PvE uh, mission uh, mission and survival uh, extra mode, which which isn't like directly tied into the game. It's just in the, in the start menu. You can just go to the multiplayer thing, which 
is a really great game on itself as well. I, I've, I've, I've spent more time in that than I have in Anthem. Uh, and I think that that was a really, really solid game. Uh, but how do you find out? How do you find out when a game is solid and when a game is all right, but still needs some improvements, which may or may not come? Uh, you can only figure that out once the data is in and the data will only come in sort of thing a couple of days after it has been officially launched when reviewers can speak without NDAs and you can see more gameplay sessions of it so you can get a more sophisticated look at everything rather than the short trailers or clips that come out beforehand. Yeah, so what, Ghost of Tsushima is a, a fantastic example. I was actually, I had thought of that myself, but I haven't played any of it, so I don't know how much I can say. Uh, but yeah, that's a good example of a game that looking at uh, review discussion of the game and watching gameplay of the game, it looked so complete. Uh, it made me think, oh, this is something that if I could, I might be willing to buy without waiting months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the traditional Zandy wait an entire year or five to play the game. Uh, I was maybe willing to, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to play it because I don't have the, the hardware, but uh, to play this game earlier on because they did such a good, seemingly such a good job polishing it. Uh, but it makes me think about, uh, of course, it's me, so it makes me think about Buildcraft. Uh, there are things that I feel like you can't review quickly. And so for some games, for, for largely for Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, uh, you... You have a game that you can wait a few days or a week or two and pretty much know whether the game is complete on release and bug-free and whether the developers have done the thing that Joey is saying. I think you can pretty much know that. But there are games where the th a, ma a main thrust of the game is the end game build crafty gameplay loop. And you cannot review that most of the time within a reasonable time frame. It takes months of playing the thing to, to know, to even have experienced that. And even then, a lot of the time in reviews, that is the element that is the most glossed over. Uh, I am not exaggerating when I say that I intend to steer my entire career towards solving that thing because it frustrates me. I feel like I can't, I can't use media to decide what I want to consume I have to take a chance on anything I play because there is no way to know if a game has a, a complete good in some objectified way uh, build craft element. It's just impossible to review with that model. And so unless you wait a really long time, you just can't ever know whether the thing, you know, what Joey is suggesting is impossible, I would almost say, for build craft games. You, you need to dedicate your time to only reviewing that one thing and it takes so long per game that you it's like you can't really do, I don't know. So I, I do think that's a complication. I think there are some elements where you, to say to the consumer, wait until the reviews are out, is like, okay, you wait a few days. A lot of the time, the consumer has to wait a few days or a few weeks because they just can't buy the new generation consoles, for example. But there are elements of some games that I feel like it it it's an order of magnitude more difficult. You're really asking the average consumer for something they won't do. I don't know if that makes sense. To, to actually expand on what Zandi's saying, uh, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. Uh, a lot of the problems that I find when it comes to um, buying the right phone, the right graphics card, the right you know uh, game, what have you, a lot of the problem comes to the fact that you're waiting for a review and it's in reviewers' best interests 
to be there on the front lines as fast as possible because then they are generating the traffic that the people that are taking their time are not going to receive. So if I go, I say, yeah, it's the best thing in the world, 10 out of 10, oh, I'm IGN, it's amazing, you know, and people are, you know, they're going to say, oh, well, they say it's good, therefore it must be good, as opposed to wait even longer. It's, you know, it's exceptionally hard because, again, this is why I like to listen to um, Yong Yeah for all things gaming, news, reviews, what, you know, whatever he says at the end of this video. Um, mostly because uh, he takes his time to get the facts straight. He's not uh, ever impervious to bias, but at least when I hear what's coming out of his mouth, I feel I have the full story. Whereas I listen to other content creators that, you know, you know, oh, I want a review on this game. And I get 55 minutes of Coke versus Pepsi. I'm like, what's this got to do with the fucking game? You know? Um... Joey? To be, to be clear, I'm not, not, to, not to detract from anything that, that you guys are saying. I think you've, you've made some really valid points. Um, but the, the intent wasn't to make releasing incomplete games less profitable. It was to make mm. the release of complete games more profitable. So, like, if there's, a, like, Ghost of Tsushima, I've never played it, but, like, if a game, if a game comes out and it's, it is complete on release and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a winner, right? It's a good game. Then, uh, like, I would totally be willing to, like, invest in, like, other DLCs or, like, hell, even invest in, uh, like, some, some other... I don't know, like like other other media that's that's like officially released where I know that the money would go to the devs, like t-shirts, posters, stuff like that. If it's if the devs have like a like a t-shirts store on their website or whatever, I would totally be willing to put money into into something like that to make sure that 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 game makes more money than the game that was released incomplete. Or even like tip, for example, like something. Yeah, that was... go ahead, go ahead. That's that. It doesn't. It doesn't really seem like there's much of a much of an avenue to do that. Which again, I would love to do that. I would. That would be. That would be really great if you could. If we. Mm -hmm. I don't know who who made Ghost of Tsushima. I haven't. <laughs> but if they had, yeah, if they had like punch. a leave a tip thing on their on their uh, on their website, if I really enjoyed the game, then like I'd I'd be willing to do that totally just well, to, to make sure that mm -hmm. like those practices get standardized and get like that the industry starts to regard that as like oh maybe we should we should like put some more time and energy into, into this. Maybe we make more money. I think, um, oh, I don't know. I think one of the things which um, Pixel says is something which is more akin to how the games industry will work. Um, because I really like the idea you're bringing forward. Uh, I, I would much more rather see that games like Ghost of Chima are getting more support and are doing better because they bring more to the table than games like Anthem. Uh, however, one thing that Pixel says is, I don't think it's possible to make releasing incomplete games less profitable. Releasing incomplete uh, presents monetary savings in deathman hours, while every time you fix it, later provides a massive extension and renewal of the media coverage window for that game, encouraging ongoing purchase rates for the same amount of time. Um, there is just too many separate multipliers, which I think is a really important thing too. Uh, one of the things which I was thinking about when we discussed the refund side of things, because I think the refund side of things is rather rather interesting, because a lot of it comes down to do do people buy the game or not? That is 
the most important thing when it comes to selling a game, do people buy it or not? Uh, as long as it's not a live service game. But even then, most of the time, it's a $60 upfront purchase. And I feel that a lot of people will initially buy a game if they're interested in it, and maybe later on then discover it is a good game or a bad game. And if they then don't go to the progress of process of refunding it, or they don't even have the opportunity to get a refund on it, then that purchase doesn't really make a difference that much from a purchase of someone who purchased a game and was really satisfied with it. And why did this like jump onto the re the refund window? Uh, one thing when you were talking about your conspiracy, Drew, that brought brought my attention, like it. The cyberpunk idea of like this refund also makes me think about the cyber truck, which is like this Tesla pickup truck that they showed off a couple of years ago, which looked insane, which looked crazy, which everyone thought was a joke. However, from the day that they showed it off and also showed it off with OS flaws where the unbreakable windows broke, uh, people could put down $100 for a pre-order. And it was $100 that they could get refunded at any point they liked and... Um, basically have a pre-order in for when this thing comes into production. And the thing hasn't been out yet, uh, and they're still working on it. But, like, the first two days, 200,000 people put down $100 for a pre-order. Well, that's pretty much a loan that they pulled out for $2 million without interest sort of thing because everyone just put down $100. Like, 200,000 people put down $100 for, for a pre-order. And how many of those people are going to retract their pre-order? Uh, before the thing comes uh, comes into production, and the same thing is also how many people like if you offer this window refund window, how many more more people are going to buy it because they're like, oh yeah, I mean I can get a refund on it, and then they buy into it, and how many of those people are actually going to use the refund? Uh, I think that when it comes to those in like the difference between making incomplete games and complete games like successful, like it, it all comes down to like how many people buy, and I think that very few people will actually jump out of a game and get a refund and successfully get a refund that it's really hard to make something which is bad not be as successful if people already buy into it. Why did everybody increment the PP counter? PP counter plus one. Um, so, so one thing that I want to, to go back on... Um, Crap, that's that's really just thrown me now. Um <laughs> I loved fuck. I loved how you like gracefully rose up with like the drinks in hand and then walked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Crap, well, what were we talking about? Uh there was something I wanted to The refund to, window uh, and people uh, buying into no, no, something Joey said. Something Joey said. Um uh buying like no, people uh, kind of close to No, so the so I get where you're coming from with this whole tip jar thing. Um, I, I really do like the idea, but the problem is that there's going to be some fat cat somewhere that is just going to completely pervert the idea. Look at DLCs. The whole point of a DLC was, okay, we do not have the budget to finish this game. However, if you buy it now in an incomplete state, then X months down the line, we'll give you the rest of the game so you can finish your experience that was the whole point of dlcs yet you know game publishers they thought oh we can make yet more money like i my concern is that this whole no matter what you come up with there's going to be some group of assholes that will just pervert the idea and to, to make yet more money and screw out the developers from making the product that 
we truly deserve. Let's see. I think Darium said something interesting in chat, which I kind of want to read out and hear what you guys think about it. Um, they said, for discussion, I will throw out the absolute horrible state that No Man's Sky came out in originally. The game seems to be good right now. Actually, I will add to that that even I've seen stories where fan, the fan base bought a billboard outside of the, the developer studio to thank them for the state of the game is in right now. Um, wow. But I will never forget that the company tried to uh, obfuscate the work-in-progress state at its release. And every time the player base forgives such business practices, they become more common. If studios don't experience backlash, they will do it again and again and again and again. The player base not uh, punishing those practices is at fault for this. Part of the problem, though, is that... Did you enjoy your pee-pee? I did. I have another liter of water locked and loaded. Hell yeah. Um, like a large part of the problem though is that some companies need to do these these practices of hey, let's look and um lock down the the game, yeah, so get it out there, get it like uh, we're all content creators, right? How often have you gone this is still not perfect, this is still not got I've still got to get that like last one percent done to make it utterly perfect but instead went you know what no one's gonna fucking notice just push it out the door instead of spending the next 10 days trying to get this one percent done i mean i've yeah, done it mean yeah. i uh i am probably the most aggressive of the four of us at that <laughs> uh i my parlay channel is like i just hit record record the video and then whatever you get i turn off record and put that file on youtube like it doesn't yep. go through an editor it just pow where that guy contents <laughs> up there and that that there is a lot of you know like i'll do a second take and think about you know is this it's hard to say is it good enough because it's like i was asked the question so did i answer the question but a lot of the time, you know, you have to weigh, like, I could do more takes of this and it would get better and better. But is that fair to the other people that asked questions? You know, is it, is that how I want to use my time? Not to be cold, but like, is yeah. it, does it, does it really make it better enough for it to be worth it? Um, the time I take off from doing work does make the work better. So it's not as though it has nothing. It's just like I'm lazy and don't want to do it again. Like it will make other work better if I take some time for myself. So I, I understand what you're saying. I feel like it just by the same token that you say, like we've ex all experienced this thing where you think, oh, well, people notice the 1% more, you know, yeah. work or whatever. By the same token, I think you and I both know, like I have a pretty strong internal conscience of, you know, like when I'm not being honest about something and then I think, oh, I need to do better. Like I'm I'm not really putting enough effort into this for it to be reasonable. And then I, I feel I need to check myself and say, oh, you I, I need to do more than this. This isn't enough. Like I, I have a personally I have a very strong gut reaction when I watch something I made and think this doesn't cross the threshold to being like good enough. And then I have to redo it because it's just I know it's not going to land. And I think that what we're talking about the overall is largely the experience of people having that gut reaction and saying, we're just going to do it anyway, <laughs> just push it out the door anyway, which uh, you, you could disagree with. But that's that's how it feels to me. I think that one thing which plays part in content creation, for example, is uh, if you look at there, 
there's basically two contending things which you have to keep in mind. Number one, you have uh, how honest are you in your work and how do you come across to towards your viewer sort of thing. If you create work which is very well made into like the, the, the greatest refinement and um, maybe 90% of the people won't notice whereas 1% of the people that does notice and um, they will appreciate because they will see that that is something which they know 99% of the people won't notice but they will notice mm -hmm. so mm. when they're saying hey when they bring that to the light through Reddit, through uh, shared communities for Discord where like hey I was watching this video and there was someone in there which I know they expected no one to see, but if you look there, it was there. So that shows like intense dedication. Then that's something that can get highlighted, and your community, like like viewers, can stick around for that and be more supportive of you because of the amount of time and attention you put into it. And the return is also true. If you really like slack on your time and attention and work on it, then people can turn away. Where it's like, hey, you're not really putting much work into it. Why should I still care? On the other end of that spectrum, you have watch time is watch time. At the end of the day, when it comes to YouTube alone, regardless of other business avenues from which you can get money, which is like Twitch or merch or sponsorships or anything outside of that, if it comes to, if you just solely look at YouTube, the thing that YouTube cares about is watch time, is getting people to click on your video and watch the entire video for as long as possible and watch as many people and watch as many videos of you for as long as possible. So whether you can generate that watch time with really badly edited videos or very very well edited videos at the end of the day for youtube it doesn't matter and for your youtube revenue it doesn't matter uh, and that also comes down to to games if they can sell let's say a game with for 60 dollars the game can be really brilliantly made like Nero Demanda, for example i really really love that and i think it's a really amazing game and whatever comes up next so i'll be really excited for that if that ever comes, something like that. But I think Cyberpunk came of Witcher 3, which is also really widely, uh, widely praised. Uh, but on the other hand, it's also just, for them, it's, if you can sell a $60 game, that's the focus at the end of the day. Dumb question. Do you not know about Near Replicant? I did not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's a prequel. I was right? wondering, uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, what, 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 what rock are you hiding under? Like, it, it's, Pretty much all over Twitter, near replicant. Anyway, well, actually, um, actually, actually, like for speaking of the rock and hiding, uh, hiding under, there was like one quick bit, bit of trivia. We're not going to get through for that at all, but I do want to shout it out very quickly because Afima made an entire on the on the last episode of the Frame Pass an entire like list of trivia for every single episode of this year. Uh, I want to get into like a little bit of twenty twenty with you guys towards the end in like fifty minutes time. Uh, but one of the things that they said was in Framecast 29, uh, we first spoke of like Cyberpunk's delay. And actually, Xeno, at that time, which was around January, you played only 45 hours of Nier Automata. I can't believe that that's so recent. I thought you played it like like forever ago, <laughs> that you've been bugging me about it for like years. But that was the start of this year. I'm pretty sure I played Nier Automata. Um, God, when did I play it? 2018? 2019, something like that. So, like, you know, trust me, I would have been bugging you since, like, it came out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've been bugging Joey to play it. But, fact, Joey, have you not played on. it? I'm going to bug Zandy. You got to play you it. should play Nier Automata. I've there owned it for, like, two years, and it's just been sitting in my Steam library it, because how? I want to save it. I want to be able to focus on it. I, yeah, I, it's, I it's know I'm going to like it, and I want to be able um, to focus I, one thing I will say, you know, talking, talking, like, actually, this is a brilliant segue. Um, I wanted to raise this, but I couldn't find a way to do it. With Near Automata, it's an absolutely 
gorgeous experience. It's a phenomenal experience. But the port to PC is fucking garbage, right? And this is something that none of us have actually spoken about, is the fact that there can be such a strong following, such a, uh, a heavy level fan base in Steam, on PC, on you know whatever, that will fix the faults that game developers don't fix. So there are mods and things to make Nier Automata, like have a high texture pack and all sorts of stuff like this. And I do strongly recommend the pair of you, when you do go to play Nier Automata, make sure you have those mods installed, right? But, you know... I'm I mean, going to need a list of mods for Muse, you know? Done. Yeah. Um, but, like, look at... Um, oh, what's the name of the sodding... Like, how many Bethesda games come out and they're, like, an incomplete product and it always takes some modding community to go, <laughs> oh, yeah, so we redid all of the textures for Fallout 4 because, and it made the game run, like, 60 frames per second better. Okay, so I've I heard it. I heard a, I saw a meme like with yesterday. It was like Bethesda yeah. Bethesda fans are absolutely having the time of their lives with Cyberpunk. Yeah, because they're used to all the like they're used to all the bugs and stuff. Once again, <laughs> once again, it's really it's like hey, there's some actual gameplay in this game. It runs sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Out of interest, are any of us Bethesda fans? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just love that on Zandy. Just love that Hell on Zandy. Hell no. Hell no. Oh, yeah. man. Anyway, I am, when it comes to Cyberpunk, I'm curious as to how it rolls out in the in the, in the coming months. Uh, I do think, actually, I, I, I think that your strategy, Sandy, is a really healthy one where it's like, hey, let's, let's wait. Um, let's wait a year and a half when you can buy the entire bundle plus all the DLCs and stuff for a re discounted price where you get all the updates straight away and the gameplay experience will be fantastic. Um, I can really appreciate that that approach to it. Uh, but I think yep. when it comes to Cyberpunk, what's going to be important is the next couple of months, how they like pick it up and how they move forward with it. And yeah, I, I mean... I... Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I don't think, personally... I mean, I, I got my gameplay, like my first episode ended because I could not open my mobile phone because of the bug. So I hope that's fixed now. Uh, so I, I guess my gameplay got interrupted by it. But uh, like, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. It is also not as the fanboys would claim, oh, a perfect game, everything's fine. You just you just got to upgrade your hardware sort of thing. Um, I think it's, it's what it is now. And I'm really curious as to how it develops further on. Um, uh, no, I was just going to say, I, uh, I, well, I obviously, I think my own way of playing games and waiting a long time so I get the best possible experience the first time is the best way to do it because that is what I do. I still recognize as a person who talks to people on the internet that most people won't do that. And I don't necessarily think they should. I think the best outcome is if the industry is influenced to change so that I don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like it if it was just pointless and unnecessary to wait this long to play a game. Uh, there is an amount of time at the moment that it is pointless and unnecessary to wait before you play something. And it would be good if that amount of time went down. <laughs> and so the, anything that does that is to me like you can still make progress. Uh, the answer is not to have everybody wait a really long time. That doesn't work for the 
the good studio developers that are making good games. And it also isn't ideal for us, the consumers. Uh, it's fine to be excited about things. Being part of the community experience for something has value. Uh, not getting spoiled has value, you know. Uh, and I think that the the main thing is going back to something Zeno said before, and then I saw Firetender say a response. Uh, I I really liked the 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 point that uh, Zeno, you said, you know, developers, some people kind of have to do this. And I assume what you mean is like right now they have to do this because it's sort of the, the metagame of the industry. They can't just tell their board of directors, oh, well, we'll do this totally consumer friendly model that will make you way less money. But it's like good to do it for humanity. And the, the board of directors will be like, no, though, you can't do like that's not we're not going to give you money for that. And Firetender was pushing back and saying, like, yeah, but it's important to acknowledge that they they it's not like physically impossible to get the game made without doing that. They're just not currently really being allowed to, perhaps, by their financial entity. And so the thing to do is to influence them so that they are, you know, able to do that, to do what Joey said and uh, perhaps give them the incentive that it is now a strategy to make a good game because you will get paid more money later. Uh, if people could buy merch for things. I'm reminded of the anime industry where a show has trouble making more money because it's good. And so it's easier to just make a garbage fire that is a surefire bet because it was a light novel before. And uh, it's that's just more reliable. And the solution would be for all of the anime studios to get Patreon accounts. Uh, and <laughs> I... Uh, I I don't I don't know, but I sort of feel like I'm tempted to say that 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 is what I would prefer for everything. I feel like if everything was crowdfunded, uh, it's perfectly acceptable to put your money where your mouth is, and that's kind of like the the good form of pre-ordering because you're kind of not pre-ordering. You're kind of post-ordering the last thing that group made that yeah. you liked. Mm -hmm. So if you if you know Sucker Punch makes Ghost of Tsushima and you like it, then you pre-order their next game but what you're really doing is kind of tipping them or giving them an advance on because of the thing they already made that you like yeah and i think that that's a lot safer if you want to be able to pre-order i don't i don't don't understand why you'd want to be able to pre-order but if you do that is to me like the holy grail of pre-ordering that's actually good for the industry uh so i don't know make everybody get a patreon account <laughs> just studio trigger has a patreon I mean, account um I, no i will not, say i think that Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, not, not, not to be like the world's biggest uh, cynic. Um, I really want to believe that um, crowdsourced or crowdfunded uh, platforms would do like developers and uh, animation studios and all these different like um, projects really, really well. Um, I, I want to just believe in that. But unfortunately, the the uh, cynical bearded bastard in me and out of me um, struggles with the the notion that it just won't get corrupted by some fat cat publisher twat. I mean, I I also wonder when it comes to crowdfunding, uh, maybe it's because of the way that the culture is, works now around crowdfunding that it's most of the time an independent thing, which. 90% of the crowdfunding things are just people from their bedroom being being like, oh, it could be fun if I made a game. Let me go and ask for $50,000. And then once <laughs> I get that, let me go think, think more. Um, but I have seen many uh, instances on things like 
crowdfunded websites uh, like Kickstarter or stuff where people would say they were going to make something and then most of the time don't draw out a budget. And then when they draw out a budget or and it was super successful, uh, some of the most successful crowdfunded things were just horrible, horrible, horrible train wrecks because they just had no idea how to handle any of that. And most orders didn't, didn't get, get fulfilled. Or you would have mm-hmm. budgets that would be made up of like, oh, uh, we're going to get a we're going to get uh, 20 red cameras and then we're going to get uh, 15 uh, uh, Canon cameras so we can flog the entire adventure and get and get some ad revenue from that as well. And then we're going to get all the CPUs and all of the uh, 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 software, which we don't know what we need, but we're just going to need it. I think that when it comes to the idea of crowdfunding, I think that in the good sense, we're thinking about something maybe akin to Warframe, where it's like it's a it's a live ongoing game by an independent publisher or independent developer where if you like it you can give them money and they can put that money back into like developing the game um however i think on the other hand what you might also get with a lot of crowdfunding is that it will result in a lot of projects which are very hastily set up and because of that because people just don't know what they're dealing with it's just going to be an utter train wreck because they don't know how to handle money or how to plan anything and it will just be more bad than good i I think I, I gotta I gotta stop you because I think that that's down to the developer. I think that it's it is reasonable to expect an established developer to be able to handle their money. I mm. think that that's a reasonable expectation. Um, also, I think with regard to with with regard to like having things that are kind of crowdfunded, especially I really like what Zandy said about how like if you really really like a like you know um, you really like Ghost of Tsushima, so you go and, and like pre order their next game, but it's really you that's really intended to be like a tip for their last one. Um, I'd say that I, I don't think, and this kind of goes back to what Zeno said about somebody corrupting it, but I think that a developer that has really kind of mastered that is Blizzard, where they have so many things that, like, you can purchase this one, like, if you purchase, uh, if you pre-order, like, an expansion for WoW or whatever, you also get this skin in Heroes of the Storm and this uh, special thing in StarCraft, and what you get, you get all this other stuff for all their other games, which kind of... For other developers, like for example with CD Projekt Red, if they were to do something like that, they might do something where, like, say if you if you order this uh, DLC for Cyberpunk, you also get this uh, gun in The Witcher that is like The Witcher doesn't have guns, but you hear here's a gun now, mm-hmm. uh, or vice versa. You know, like I think that I think that it is not a terrible idea for developers to start offering things where it's like, hey, here's all these bonus things. I don't know why I'm holding this. Here are all these bonus things in. Um, in some of our other games, like some extra tiny, some skins or like extra, like little mini DLCs or whatever. Um, But if you want to do that, if you want to support this developer, here's a way that you can do it. And here's some cool stuff that you can get. And you know, then, then the developer is in charge of like taking that money and putting it towards whatever their next project is. Um, I just wanted to clarify responding to the concerns that it would get corrupted. And this idea that, you know, some companies have sort of already done this, that I I am intentionally being a little idealistic. Obviously, it's not perfect. Obviously, the temptation is there. If people, like, basically pre-order by funding your next project because of your previous one, the temptation is always there to jump ship and make something bad and then just cash in. And you've burned your reputation. You've burned those bridges. But, like, you, it's a lot of money, you know. Uh, I For sure, of course. And the problem is there that you need to establish this process in the first place. Like if you're going to invest in their next project, how do you get their first project to be something honest that you want to invest in? You know, uh, the problem is getting it to be established, but I don't think it's reasonable to 
to say it's it's not a good it's a strategy that would never work just because it's hard to imagine how it would come about because there are lots of things like that that uh, would be good if only they could come to pass and it's it's a matter of like but how would that get started rather than like would that be a good thing if it worked it, like it would it's just a matter of uh, obviously it's impractical if it's just impossible it's inconceivable that it would get started but uh, but I think it it's important to consider whether it would be a good thing if it could start working. And Zeno, when you say you know, but they they they'll still they'll still be a fat cat who exploits it. Yeah, and and they'll stop getting funded. Like in the short term, that will be bad. But over the course of time, the audience has the ability to use their input to affect how the developer behaves in some way. And I do think that making that more direct is good. That's all I'm trying to say. I, I don't I think, think it's wrong to be cynical about that. That's re totally reasonable. I think it's 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 important to bring up that one of the most one of the biggest tools that we have, as consumers have these days is uh, brand loyalty, right? Or like a, a, a dislike of a brand based on past experience, right? Like I, it will take a whole hell of a lot to get me to buy an EA game, um, just because they've <laughs> they've made so many mistakes. They've made they've 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 shown so many time like time and time again that they're they're going to make some really shitty decisions, um, and because of that, I like. It will take a whole hell of a lot. I mean, it's it's not to say that I wouldn't. It's not to say that I, I couldn't be convinced to buy an EA game, um, but it it's take just a lot, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I I think that that's I I'm I'm hesitant to spend money on Blizzard products after Warcraft Three Reforged and Boats for Azeroth and stuff. Like it's it's just I I I I think that's one of the most powerful tools that we as consumers have to to kind of uh, to to you know. To, it's it's putting your money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah. I think um, um, bringing in like a completely uh, out of gaming world topic sort of thing. Uh, last week there was a bit of a controversy around Nvidia, the uh, graphics card supplier, who had uh, cut off one of their uh, one of the people, like one uh, one independent reviewer called Hardware Unboxed, uh, because they didn't like their reviews, uh, and it was a big scandal where it was just just the the PR head of PR just sent an email where it was like well uh you don't see it the way that we uh, we gamers and the rest of the industry do and uh un un unless your editorial direction changes we will not uh, supply you with anything anymore um and that got reversed because it was a bit of a shit show there uh but one of the things which uh, I think the reason why I bring this up uh was that the uh, on the on like Linus Tech Tips had a really good one show where, where where they talked about that, and one of the things that was brought up is that this entire idea of fanboys and being a fan of a company is just a really ridiculous thing because a company does not have your best interests in mind, and like having your judgment of products be clouded by oh I like this company is one of the most ridiculous things where you should just look at the product as it is and buy the product as it is because companies will also sell you the product as you a consumer and not as you a consumer which they like or they don't like because it's just a company with just a product and this entire idea where there are certain graphics cards fanboys or certain studio fanboys that will give uh give things a pass because oh we like this like no it's just look at it what it is and judge it by what the product is and how you like it and i do think that caution i even i would even go as far to say that the caution that you say when it comes to ea games is something which i think is actually good where the danger is even more with games with studios which you like where i would say even especially if you like something 
watch out even more <laughs> because because that might even cloud your judgment even more to like actually spending money on something which might not be good whereas the reverse might be hey i might wait with spending money on something which might actually turns out to be good so i'll get it later on but to yeah. go back on what zandy was saying towards the start of this and i think this will be my final statement mm -hmm. uh is that with so little media to to make a judgment on to, you know, the reviews don't come out before the actual product does. The reviews come out afterwards because the, the companies want the, the marketing hype to drive your decision. They want their reputation to drive your decision. You know, I knew more about Tesla than any other car manufacturer out there because of Tesla's reputation. I have no interest in buying a Tesla car, but from everything I've heard, they're a really good manufacturer. And when you've got nothing to work on to whether or not the product you're going to buy is a good product, all you have to work on is the reputation. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, are we right with wrapping this topic up a little bit? Is there anything, any closing statements that you still want to get to? Anything that still needs to be said? Um, I had one last thing that was just about how I think the the one constant problem with criticism in every field is talking about the the causes as you see them in the world, but avoiding sort of like the root that those things come from. Uh, in other words, criticizing what happens, which is that people still pay for games, even if there's a good reason to believe or be suspicious they're not complete. That's the, the like the problem but it doesn't enable those people to fix what they're doing wrong. Like, and we, we're saying, I'm saying, I am saying to you, the viewer, don't do that. But I have not yet said, what, what should you do to stop doing that, you know? Um, and I feel like the, the, that thing, which is definitely a topic for another time in depth, but in short is that people need to choose games deliberately. Uh, I really like, you know, specific things in games. I like... A wide variety of things but they're specific and i don't want to just play any game i find myself not enjoying games that are perfectly good because the thing i want is very specific and that might sound bad to you but i think it's good because it means that i can look at a game and learn about a game and see objectively does this have the things i want i'm not going to play this because it looks cool because if it looks cool but it's not fun like what will my life be like playing this game do i want that and I feel like people don't think about that. And they should. You should. Uh, you should think about whether you really want this to be a part of your life, whether you, you'll really feel better that way. Uh, and I think that that process would cause people to think twice about a lot of these games and think, do I really want to go through, do I really want my time, unit of time I'm spending playing, Cyberpunk is kind of a bad example, but let's just use it playing Cyberpunk 2077, do I want that to be now, but a little worse than it would be in a year or in a year? Wouldn't you rather have your life be more dense with good? Uh, I mean, but again, the bugs can be fun. It's kind of a bad example specifically, but that kind of thing. And I feel like mm -hmm. taking that approach and just being more demanding as a consumer is not so bad. I think that strikes a good balance between studios are people artists are people that reliably make things that you might like so to totally ignore them is bad but you shouldn't yeah the again what what michelle said the idea of like you you like 
you know, EA or something. It's like, why? What do you mean? Like, who? Who? Like, <laughs> you you don't. You know, like you think you do, you don't. Uh, they're it's not a human. It's this, this strange cyborg entity in the collective unconsciousness. Uh, you do not like them. They are not. They are not a befriendable entity. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think thinking of it that way. I j- I just wanted to do say something actionable at the end. That's all. Yeah. Cool. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on because uh, I I I did want to make this a little bit more of a special framecast or thing because it's the last framecast we do in 2020. So I also wanted to take a look back at like 2020 and um, see what. Um, what 2020 has actually brought for us and like do a little bit of reflection. Um, there is, I have prepared the special 2020 awards, um, uh, but I'm kind of wondering, uh, let me say time. Uh, actually, let's, let's go over um, 2020 for like each of you. What is something, uh, and like I'll probably start, I, like, I also haven't thought much about this in advance, so like I'm pretty much starting to think about it right now as well. So let me pad this out a little bit. But what are what is something when it comes to 2020, which you have done or experienced, or like something which you've done with your content, with your channel, or with yourself, or like you've experienced for the games you played, or just in real life, what is something um, which has really stood out for you this year? I think that for me... Actually, this has been the first full year of Framecast, and it's been the one full consistent thing that we've done. And if I go through what we have done this year in the Framecast, I cannot believe we started at 28. I think at the start of the year, we might have still been making uh, Framecast highlights videos, which feel like ages ago. And then we also had the, the Temtem encounter with um, the with our one creator who we met for this one podcast. And then we we had a bunch of guests on. We had like Sandy and I did one separately. We had like I did one with Cole. We also had Xale on a couple of times and Laws for the, oh, the Warcraft 3 Reforged scenario. And I think oh, that that, gotcha. when it comes to 2020, is something that I really uh, take away from this year where it's a it's been a really good full solid year of Framecast. And I've really enjoyed it myself. So anything? I've got one. Yeah, go ahead. I got one. All right. So it's not out yet. Joey knows what this is. Um, we're working on something together for my channel. Um, and I have finally learned how to do green screen stuff in Sony <laughs> Vegas properly, right? And it is intense. Like, you know, like, it, you know, he's laughing and everything. But to me, it's just like, I fucking made it. Yeah. You know. Anyway. It's not coming out till next year though. Oh. How many more days? I want to do it with a good mic. Oh yeah. Not till he's on the good mic. Yeah, not till I'm on the good I, mic. I was like, what did he what did he just say? Um so my biggest thing, I haven't used it a whole for a whole lot of stuff. I've mostly just done a couple of like um a couple of like VFX tests and stuff with it, but uh, I got a fancy schmancy background and some like proper lights and stuff and a, a proper camera and stuff and Ooh. made a couple of things with it that I'm really, I'm really quite excited about. And they, it opens up a lot of opportunity to do other, do other stuff that I, Oh my God, I've got, I've got stuff. I've, I've got some stuff in the works that it's not, it's not out there yet, but it's, um, Kind of like, kind of like with with Zeno's thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm putting some stuff together that I'm super, super excited about that I wouldn't be able to do without some of this actual like physical things. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably been the the thing that has been most exciting for me. 
Um, yeah, mine is not like these things. Uh, probably the Helminth system. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> we do. We supposedly play Warframe, and uh, I, yeah, the uh, the Helminth system, man. I uh, I had trouble getting my my framework series, my build and loadout series for every Warframe in the game going for years uh, partially because a bunch of stuff went down in the world this year for example uh, but partially because the game changed a lot frequently enough that it would have been silly i would have had to go back and remake everything uh, melee 3.0 is a good practical example of something that it would be kind of silly to go through making a thing for every warframe and then they're going to radically change this once or i i think it's a radical change um and right around the time that I got time to make Framework, finally, they added what is probably the best possible addition to it, <laughs> uh, which allowed me to actually make something for a lot of Warframes. There were plenty in the cast that I had like three builds for, and there were plenty where I didn't really have anything to say about. And I feel like now it just gives them all that baseline thing that you could talk about, that baseline way you can riff on each one. Uh, to a lesser extent, I would also say like Hades and Genshin Impact are games that are fun for buildcraft the way I define it in a lot of ways that are different from Warframe, and those came out this year. So I don't know. Like overall, I think the things I wanted in video games came out in spades this year. Uh, I, I'm i pretty happy with that part of my life overall. It was good. It was a good time to be doing this as a job. Uh, yeah, we we were working from, to some degree at least, working from home during an unprecedented global pandemic, dodge that bullet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to some extent, uh, you know, to, for each of us, the different extents, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that was pretty, that's the obvious one, but you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, actually, Sandy, I, I don't know um, if you, have, if you're able to uh, have this at hand, but do you have your uh, Kalimba at hand somewhere? Uh, I do. I have a, a few of them. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we, uh, I also started this. This year was a year that I began the the long and arduous path toward becoming rebecoming the best Kalimba Buildcraft YouTuber. Yes, uh, on, on on YouTube, some people will be aware that I made a Kalimba video five years ago that got like ten views, and then it got re-indexed because of all my success making Warframe videos. And that video has like 200,000 views now or something. It's like one of the most popular <laughs> tutorials on the internet. <laughs> and it's like not good or long or complete. You know, I made it just like as an experiment five years ago when I was deciding what to make. And now it's, uh... yes, some people have watched that video now. Uh, I, oh, I man. And I do eventually want to, um... Kalimba is a build crafty instrument. It's an instrument where you, you, you know, move the tines on the thing to be notes of a scale, and then you can just play them in a rhythm back and forth with your thumbs, and you can kind of build craft music theory into yourself. You don't uh, need to be able to on the fly know, you know, which uh, intervals you would like to play that will sound good. You can build craft the instrument to just do it to some degree. Uh, obviously, as a student of music theory, talking to a few other people that know about music theory, uh, yeah, it um, it's a little more complicated than that, obviously, but it's not. You know, you can you can make music on the thing, uh, and so I, uh, 
it'll be a few years, but you'll you'll we'll we'll watch this space for seven hundred days, and I'll I'll get back to you about. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the reason I asked is because um I, I've I've been working hard, but I couldn't make like a, a, a little tune to like start out with the the, the twenty twenty awards. So if you could play just like a little bit, I'd like doesn't matter what, but just so we could say. So for the twenty twenty I mean, you could just like just do like one little like oh like, like it's just like just hit it once just or start, something. Just start. Just start. The, the problem is they're not they're not tuned. Like you can I'll I'll pluck a few of these, and they're like that oh is God, perfect. Yeah. That yeah. is perfect. Yeah. There we they're go. Super yeah. out of no. tune. Like <laughs> yeah. no, but... I haven't had time. I've been trying to. <laughs> I, my cats have ringworm. I've been busy. <laughs> oh shit. Anyway, oh. I mean, I mean that that suffices. Show. Welcome to the twenty twenty Framecast Awards. Uh, I wanted to go over this year. Uh, and go over some very a set of very unique awards for um, you know um, some very unique people. Uh, these awards here exist only in name because of I mean budget issues. Um, like I can't really go out and for to like buy trophies and give it to you. So I want a plaque. You'll have you'll have it you'll have it in name only. Uh, these awards Fire. will be awarded for people that did something very rewarding in 2020. Um, so let's get into them. Also, give our time constraints. So. The very first one that we have is uh, we have the award for I am new and what the hell am I watching? So uh, <laughs> into a common thing as a YouTuber is that you will have new viewers constantly find your channel. Supposedly, I've never actually like really discovered that, but like apparently it happens. Like new viewers constantly find your channel, but when they do find your content for the very first time, they will have no clue and no idea as to who you are and what you actually do. So. Your channel should be, like, have a friendly low threshold for people to, like, come in and don't scare them away with some really strange stuff. And that is what this award is for. This award is given to the person that was able to do this the least. So, in other words, the piece of content that will make you say, I am new to this channel and what the hell am I watching? So, nominations are, number one, uh, let me make sure that I have this correctly. Here we go. Number one is uh, right here. Um... For Sandy and how to suck in Warframe. You can suck them right in the sun. That's good, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm also not talking about Korra's second ability in Snare. Yeah, that sucks a lot too. It can sometimes be more useful than Larva because it sucks enemies together while they're standing up. And that leaves them vulnerable to headshots. Larva sucks. Hear that little at the end of it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It is. As always, the immediate topic that jumps to mind for anyone looking for Warframe videos. So that's the first of the nominations. Uh, the second of the nominations uh, comes uh, comes to uh, comes to Joey. Uh, needs no explanation at all. Uh, I promise you, you'll understand this straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch that one more time. <laughs> 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 what happened here, Joey? Uh, I think we did it on a dare. I think we put that together on a, a or just somebody. I'm blaming Pixel. It was Pixel's fault. <laughs> Pixel. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! And the final nomination that we have uh, comes from uh, comes actually from my channel, uh, which um, was some kind of weird fever dream. I don't know what what, what was going on there. Oh, now that is what we call an epic gamer move. My name is Jeff. I would say that the. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the pandemic got to me. <laughs> However, 
the winner actually is Xeno with this amazing episode from the Arbiters. Wow. Nothing beats this. Oh, oh my fucking god. <laughs> They're your new sponsors. Oh fucking hell. Uh, Hear that pitch this voice. <laughs> Is in I mean? <laughs> no, you like the Amino app. What the fuck is the Amino app? Well, I'm glad you asked. Wait, uh, wait I need to stop. We're gonna get like in trouble. An... We're gonna get in trouble. Are you doing like a sponsored segment in my video? Shh, shh, shh. you can't be so obvious. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't like an ambio. Ambio. <laughs> I have an ambio collection. I am a big fan of the Nintendo, and I have a big ambio. Oh I have my fucking patch. god! I, I had no, I didn't know you meant amiibo. Fucking Christ! You don't have the amb. I <laughs> we are bad people. Yeah, you are. <sighs> so it's like an ambio thing. I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> that was one <laughs> 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 of Oh, so. Just to add on, like, why my voice was pitch shift up. <laughs> so, during this, during this episode, right, um, I my food is delivered, right? So I said to the guys, right, I just take, give me two seconds. I need to go get my food uh, from the front door and everything. And while I was away from my computer, uh, I think it was Thalian no, I proposed... It. Oh, okay. Michelle proposed that, oh, Zeno never checks the episodes before he actually sends the audio to Joey. So, Joey, please pitch shift up Zeno, right? And, of course, before I uploaded it onto YouTube, I didn't check the audio and didn't know he did this. <laughs> Until I think it was like 15 minutes before it was due to go live. I'm like, son of a bitch. Zeno, there's no need to be so modest. We all know that you can just reach that voice pitch without help. You don't have yeah. to. It's, we, we know Joey didn't need to help. It's fine. Don't. It's I'm no pretty sure I can, but yeah, let's. let's, let's yeah. Oh, God, oh my God. Anyway, thank you, Joey, very much for coming through on that request. That was uh, <laughs> one of the most amazing Arbiter episodes. Uh Okay, so moving on because uh, we have a couple of okay, we have a couple more to go. Uh, the next award is for the weirdest revelation. So 2020 has been the years where hundreds of people got stuck at home, uh, giving them all more than enough time to play games, watch series, and of course dig up dirt on people. Because what else are you gonna do with your free time? This year has been full of people being exposed for things, and the people in this stream are no exception. Um, so who has been exposed for the weirdest shit? That is what this award is. So. Nominations include, um, <laughs> let me see if I have the right thing. There we go. That's the thing. Nominations include, number one, Xenogelion. So, um, Joey, DK, what did Xeno hold over your head in order for you guys to do this now? Uh, I'm not allowed to tell you. Otherwise, I can't be guaranteed the safety of my parents. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Apparently, uh, Xeno threatening, doing something <laughs> behind the scenes to make people do his bidding. And it doesn't end there, because the second nomination is also Xenogelion doing something similar. It was pretty simple. He said that if I didn't join, um, he would post the feet pics that he took of me uh, when I ruined with him last year. He would post them to ratefeet.com. And uh, <laughs> for me, it was pretty simple. He said that if I... I wonder what happens with you guys on Tenocon. But Xeno is not the only one that's nominated for this, because we also have Joey um, pretty much talking about 
feed at OnlyFans. That OnlyFans like, account. We, we can't have that. So actually, actually, Joey, no, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna draw a line right here. I'm I'm gonna have to say hold on because I know that this is just like you trying like advertise like slowly your OnlyFans, which is probably. Kind of <laughs> <gonna be coming laughs> up next oh god! I was like, wait. so. I just, I just want to say, oh god, dude, how horrible that would be! Please send me the link the moment that you create an OnlyFans, so I don't, so I know where not to look. Okay. <laughs> I'm still waiting on, I'm still waiting on Zeno's OnlyFans. Oh. What? Why would I have it? Only, like, moving on. The winner, of course, <laughs> is none other than uh, me and Sandy for this shocking revelation that we do in fact enjoy. Do you like tentacle porn? Yes, I do like tentacle porn. I love tentacle porn. That's the real approach. Yes, I do yeah. like tentacle porn. There you go. <laughs> I like tentacle porn. Yes, I do. That's right. <laughs> what the fuck? That's right. That's how you get them. That's how you what get was, him. Thought, what was that... the context? I gotta know. <laughs> what what was the context? Zeno, is people people just you just you was the context. I thought that Michelle was gonna ambush me and say that the the winner was me this stream for telling you that I drank a thirty six percent fiber soda and had to go to the bathroom so many times. But but that was I mean I that was just yeah. like <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, Michelle, no, go ahead. Why don't you, you you explain? For me, there was no context. This no, is, this is no. I mean, I mean, it was it was just no context. It was I... just the frame cast that you weren't there. Like, I mean, we're talking about topics, and like, yeah. are you surprised we're talking about regular okay, topics? Okay, okay, okay. What are we supposed to talk about? Like, this, yeah. is, this is like the number one thing on our minds when we're in a frame cast together. Yeah, it's just two 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 young men sharing in their love for tentacle porn on a <laughs> podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, two young men. Such yeah. a wholesome. World. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I should have like named the framecast that way. Maybe the fuse would have gone way up. Yeah, man. <laughs> Two young yeah. men sharing in their love for technical porn. That's the real way to do it. Zeno, I don't know what the context was. I have no idea. <laughs> I have to take responsibility for my actions, so I have to pretend there wasn't any. I hope I never <laughs> learn. We can go back and watch it. Uh, but anyway, let's go to uh, the third award, which is the worst driver of 2020 award. So uh, this is more of a niche category, I must admit, uh, since not all games include driving, and I don't think most of us here drive rather frequently. Um, however, if once one wants to partake in traffic, the the, the public safety does uh, like require us to obey traffic laws and drive appropriately. So this year we have officially decided, and with me, I just mean me myself, I have decided for all of you guys, but you'll agree because y'all are here, uh, that the winner of this award will actually have their driver's license taken away uh, because of like bad driving skills. So let us go and take a look at the nominations for worst driver of 2020. <laughs> just Zandy just sliding off the screen. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go this way, so you know. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh my Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. That happened. That happened twice. By the way. Can we please stop the car? I have to say that driving on a bike is indeed. Uh, you know, very tricky, but I do I do give you points for that well-executed landing. It's just unfortunate that they did not stop. They did not notice you. 
That's how I get around in real life, by the way. That's why I don't drive much. <laughs> I mean, you'll just yeah, drive a little, the game, and then yeah. you're just being driven for the rest of the journey. Yeah, exactly. Very economical. Very economical. Oh Hope you have a good insurance. All right, so um, nominee number two um, also comes from a from someone that can really well control their bike. Even I mean, you can only drive a bike, so. What is like speed? No, I want to write it. What is speed? How do I speed up? <laughs> Apparently, this was not the, the, the speed up button. This was the dash button. Go, but I didn't go, know go, that for the entire stream. <laughs> also, hover bikes don't really tend to hover that well. There. <laughs> Oh my god. Third <laughs> not, not contender for uh for for the worst driver of 2020 very surprisingly is Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, I know this one. Given appropriate mm. space on the road is very important. I'm going to I'm going to try to be respectful of his feelings, chat. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Now, hopefully, we have a, a fourth contestant that can tie the race, or uh, Joey might be branded as a worst driver, um, or maybe me. Who knows? Let's see the final, the, the final nomination. Oh, here we what go the again. Fuck is this, what, what is this, like, southern, Still not like, knowing what the sprint button is. Sort of oh my god. Here we go. A good example. That's me. <laughs> oh my god! Stop doing it! What are you doing? <laughs> so weird. What the fuck? Like sometimes it just like suddenly like jerks to the left. Did Stop someone tell you to press the button? They, they 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 told me later on afterwards because they just like to see me suffer, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So were you actually trolled by someone, or did you just not look up the controls? No, I I, I figured that like the, the the bumpers were like speed, and it just wasn't, and it just oh made me jerk. Uh, I did that find way, it later it, on. I can see so much hope in the way you were driving. Like there's so yeah. much there's so much hope in that method of operation that like maybe this time it will work. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> at some point it stopped jerking to the left and started jerking to the right. So I thought I was making improvements. I was like, if I just stay in the middle, that will be great. So uh, the winner, of course, is uh, uh is still inconclusive. Um. So let's move on <laughs> to the nomination of one of the most important nominations, one of the most important awards is the best Warframe video of 2020. Now, this is a really important one because as we all know, we are all sort of Warframe creators. We, uh, we've we made Warframe videos and it's a very fierce battle because we have very different styles. We do very different things uh, and it's really, really tough to judge. So. This took a really long time to get to the reward to, to the award. We have taken everything into consideration and um, Let's just like not even get to to the nominations uh, because there aren't any. It was just very straightforward as to who made the best boyfriend video of 2020. Timestamps are in the description. Thank you for watching my full review of everything Barrow has ever brought. So there isn't really a straightforward way a to show two a hour review of Barrow Kitty. <laughs> How can this not be oh the best piece of Warframe content? <laughs> inventory orders. It's didn't he, didn't he one too. take that too? Fully, fully timestamped. <laughs> So uh, congratulations! Sorry, Joey, didn't didn't you one take that as well? Yeah, no, it was it was one take as well. It was not edited. I sat down, I recorded it, I uploaded it, and it's wow. a, I averaged about thirty seconds per item, something like that. So pretty good. That is insane. Just All right. <laughs>
for the sake of time, let's move on to the next award, which is actually an unusual award. This award is called the Most Used Stop Word Award, and this award is not awarded to anyone, but rather to a word, because in this framecast, we speak a lot of nonsense. But aside from that, we also speak some stop words, which actually mean nothing. Uh, but we do use them a lot. The most common ones are um, um, right, or like. And I'd like to have you, like, just hazard a guess, like, which one would be the most common? And, uh, well, which one, which one of these would you think would be the most common to use in this year? Like. Like. <laughs> I bet you bottom dollar it's like. Yeah, All right. especially, like, the problem... Wow, okay. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the problem with like is that it... It can be, if you count every like, like is often used correctly in syntax much more than those other ones, you know, mm -hmm. so. But even so, I know I've called you out on the whole um thing and you've been trying not to use um all the time. Well, so I can, I can easily see like being I the segue I word. I think we need to, we, we, we need to start focusing on next year. So, um, um was used in this entire year of Framecast. 4,317 times, with the most in a single framecast it being used 389 times. Uh, right was used in total this entire year 5,488 times, with the most in a single framecast 241 times. And like was used this year an entirety of 43,543 times, with the most in a single episode 2,340 times like being said. Uh, and if you want to know what that sounds like, here is a clip. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you go through that one episode and just cut all the likes? That's just the first 10 minutes. There's two hours and 40 more minutes of this. Yeah, man, we we didn't we had the wrong idea. When Zeno said that, I was like, oh no, wait. How much of the stream was that? That was legit the first 10 minutes. So uh, gotta 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 be on point a little bit there. We're gonna watch that next year. Let's say like a little bit less. <sighs> How long did it take you to edit that down? I was intending to do an entire framecast, and then I was like working like, like it got towards towards an hour, and I was well, uh, let's just leave it at this because I was also intending to maybe do some more like right and um. So I was like, no, 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 I'll just leave it at like because this is already way too much. <laughs> but it's oh, it's, it's like every sentence and every response. But oh well, uh, let's move on because we have. Uh, three more awards to get to, and then that will be it. So um, the next award that we have is called the Award for the Best Story Time. Um, one of the fan favorites oh, parts shit. of the Framecast is Xeno's favorite story time episodes or parts, when which when, like the story time, Xeno's story time, if you don't know what that means. Basically, Xeno's story time is the point where Xeno tells a story. I don't know if you expected anything else. It's pretty much self-explanatory. So here are some nominations for the best story times of the year 2020. Um, there we go. Uh, let's go first off with this beautiful thing. Uh, talking about uh, this thing called an availability zone. I was going through the tutorials earlier today for studying oh, for um, what's called this cloud um, 
certification bollocks, mm-hmm. right? And if anyone from my work actually hears this, they're probably going to be pissed off. <laughs> Sorry, I'm angry. I'm angry at what I discovered, right? <laughs> I spent, I was going through this one lesson that was like, I don't know, five, six minutes long. I was so confused. Like, they're talking about availability zones. What the fuck is an availability zone, right? So you've got regions, availability zones, and edge locations. Mm-hmm. Then worst of all, availability zones mm-hmm. right i was i went over the tutorial so many fucking times i was like, tr- so, trying to rack my head what the fuck is availability it's a fucking server <laughs> right <laughs> they fucking right fuck i was going through the tutorial so oh god <laughs> Changing names, which need to be changed. But there is more, because, of course, Xenocon do the framecast without talking about his most favorite game. Or, I mean, like, that's already out of date, but, like... I mean, yes, World of Warcraft. Oh. I don't know about anyone else. I think Paimon is the fucking best. I love how (laughs) she says what I think. (laughs) Oh, you need a glider's license. We haven't needed one before. Like, we've not needed one before. Or, like... So, yeah. I, I don't know about anyone else. So, yeah. Oh, wrong one. I keep forgetting that, like, you guys are mixed up for me. But, uh, yeah. So, those are some of your uh, of your story times. Uh, I can't decide a winner. Um, I don't think... Well, we'll have to leave that to the public. But uh, people really enjoy it. And I enjoy your story time soon. So, then, let's go to uh, a, a new award that I've uh, just come up with, which I call... Uh, the award is the most Joeys in a single frame. Which speaks pretty much for itself. It's it's which frame could contain the most oh. Joey's. This award was inspired when Joey refreshed his new stream setup. It's a child. It's my child. Um, How many do we count here? It. So I made some changes to my setup and everything. All of them. Stuff around, you know. I but I got this is the computers and stuff that were in one place. I put them in another place. Uh, and now here we are. Now I'm now I'm, I'm kind of breaking it in, uh, which is cool. So we're not really doing anything in particular today, um, but this doesn't mean I need to work any less. <laughs> it's a child. Can, can I just check? Sandy, have you gone to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> I, he might not have a microphone. He might not be able to hear us. I don't know. Oh, I see more Joey showing up. That is beautiful. Um, let's move on okay. to let's move on to our next nomination right here, which is um, I think this one should speak for itself. <laughs> this one gets quite trippy though. Watch out! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still amazed with like how you did this, man. Like you did him live as well, right? Yeah. Well. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends on what we're doing. All right. Well, the final nomination that we have for the most Joeys in a single frame is one that we were desperately told to actually clip. I might have misheard that, though. Nobody clipped this stream. Nobody clipped this stream. You're not allowed to clip this stream. Oh, no, no. None of you are allowed to clip this stream. Don't do it. Don't do it. You better not do it. Nobody clipped this stream. <laughs> we did clip it, and we did get it. Overall, the final Thanks. winner... The final winner for the most Joey's in a single frame is, of course, this frame right here. 
<laughs> I don't believe there have ever been more Joey's in a single frame than right now. We might as well do it. Yay! Oh my right. god! That, that's, I think that's... <laughs> right. Wait a minute. Okay. All right. Okay, come on. Let's let's yeah. yeah. Let's let, let, let <laughs> let's wrap it up. We have uh we have what we have two more what two more to go. The the most mo most important ones are for the last two. With this one right here is our most covetous and prestigious award, which is called the Golden Cock. Um, the Golden Cock is awarded to the person that behaved like the biggest dickhead this year. Um, nominations are. Um, let me go grab it right here. Uh, where there we have it. The golden cock is right up top. Um, is for the nominations are Xeno Galleon for calling Michelle uh, out during a game of Among Us. Yeah. Immediately after, myself and Brad. I I um, what you call? I did exactly the same trick. I killed Loz in exactly the same way and everything. But this time, I reported by like, someone's killed my buddy. <laughs> I burst out like I couldn't, like, so I just outed myself, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget this. As just as everyone is like mute, deafening and muting their the microphones, I go like, "Good luck, Michelle." <laughs> and, <laughs> and was it no? No, was it now? No, it was. I was Galade. Galade. Yeah, Galade. Yeah. yeah, he just turns around. And it's like. He just instantly calls an emergency meeting. That, Second game. Yeah. That was a beautiful moment where Xenos imposter, when we leave, he says, good luck, Michelle, even though I'm not imposter, and they just vote me out because they believe whatever he says. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yeah. All right. The next nomination that we have for the golden cock is Xeno and me for talking, uh, for screwing up the audio on the framecast and then reassuring the audience that there is no way that this audio could ever be wrong. Oh, God. Beautiful game, Raph, by the way. Sadly, you can't hear our opinion on it. Oh, man, that can get quite big, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, the, the, the one, you can also make multiple floors. Oh, yeah, 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 like, the one, you can also make multiple floors. Oh, yeah, 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 I mean, I mean, I'm gonna have to accept that because, uh, yeah, me doing calling up the so There we go. Now it's Tyrannus. I wonder what Tyrannus is gonna do. Tyrannus is imposter, by the way. Tyrannus just killed the lights. If you can't figure that out. Smart thinking. Tyrannus right here. Uh, oh. Michelle, we can hear you. Oh. So now it's. Now <laughs> <laughs> he did not win that game. Thanks to me. <laughs> Now finally, we come to the final award of this uh, of this evening, and this award is called the most controversial of 2020. So, the most controversial person of the year in these times, pretty much anything can become controversial. However, I mean, slip ups are about are bound to happen. However, controversies can be can happen in several degrees. I mean, you can just have one person mad at you, you can have two people mad at you, 
you can have free people map. I mean, you can have you can piss off an entire community, and then you can lose an opportunity because you're controversy, or you could lose a business relationship, which is pretty much the highest level you can go. You can lose a business relationship, or also called a partnership, uh, because you're so controversial. So let us go take a look at who was the most controversial person of this entire year. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I think we all lost Warframe partnership. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for for for, for joining in on uh, on this episode. Uh, we went a little bit over time, uh, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, I've had a really great 2020. Um, have a great rest of your know, like 2020. We have two more weeks to go, but it was the final frame cast. Uh, jo Joey, thank you so much for tuning in on the uh, on the anime cast and joining us for that for those shenanigans. Sandy, thank you so much for joining in on the on the one time that Xeno can join in, and we had like a really cool topic about Warframe, which I'd love to like go in depth about another episode as well. Andrew, thank you so much for every single week that you sit here with me and talk about some random banter stuff in games and <coughs> media and stuff. I really enjoyed. It. Thank you. Okay, thanks, bye! Bye! Thanks, shall we, bye! Shall we end with bye, the intro? Let's end with the intro. Oh Let's end with the intro. Oh, no.